You're listening to the Pat and Stu Podcast. Hi, this is Stu Bergier. Like you, I've worked hard to build a bright financial future. At least I've tried to in a tough economy. So I've been looking for different ways to protect my assets. And the most exciting opportunity I've been able to find lately is the country of Belize. Belize is an English-speaking, democratic country that has favorable tax laws, a strong banking system, a stable economy, and a real estate market that has been growing for the last 25 years. And uh, you might want to also know that Belize is a tropical paradise. Belize offers a low cost of living and some of the most breathtaking scenery on Earth. It truly is one of the best-kept secrets in the world, and it's only an hour from the United States. Soon, my wife and I are going to be taking a trip down to Belize to check it out. I'm calling it research. I know it looks good on paper, but you know you got to see it for yourself, and you should too. Go to buybelize.com to find more information about this exciting opportunity. That's buybelize.com. Schedule a flight. Check it out. Buybelize.com. Here we go for Patton's two QBO countdown. From the Glenn Beck Studio in Dallas. This is Pat and Stu on the Blaze. Hello and welcome to the Pat and Stu Show. Triple Eight Seven Two Seven Beck. We're uh, live in Salt Lake City, obviously, as we have been all week. We're here all week. Try the veal. <laughs> I love that. That never, never gets old, does it? Uh, so, Man in the Moon week. Uh, had a uh, real disaster last night, which is uh, really fun. You know, right before the actual presentation of the show, it's fun when all the computers crash. But uh, hopefully, we'll we'll get that worked out. We're kind of thinking maybe. Yeah, it yeah. might be might be Glenn dancing on stage. That might be Man in the Moon. Yeah, topless. So, it, yeah, he has promised to take off his shirt yeah, if that happens. If that happens, you will get a topless performance or not. Whichever you you know go with because you paid the money. Yeah. And so if you demand that he keep his shirt on, <laughs> which we'll he will, that he does. Uh, interesting uh, as what eighteen computers crash. You know, uh, in, in basically in uh, yeah. in order. Yeah. Uh, just knocking the entire system down. Uh, the scariest thing I thought last night. I didn't want to say this to Glenn because it'll freak him out even more. But. <laughs> But I'm sitting there, and they put the logos of the computer thing on the screen, and we're just sitting there, like waiting for. It's like seriously, what happens when you just uh, are rebooting a uh, a television? You're rebooting your computer, mm-hmm. and you see the thing come up, and like it, it, this isn't it wasn't a Windows logo, but it was like the logo, and the Windows thing comes up, and then you have to log in, and all that stupid crap you have to do. It was like that, and that's like, all it is for a long time. But that's what screwed that. A that's what freaked time. me out. The little bar on the bottom. Mm-hmm. It it probably took an entire hour to reboot the computer. That's how slow it because it's such a gigantic computer with so many images and so many things going on. Yeah, the that, program is so massive. So massive. So that, think about this. If there's an error 10 minutes before the beginning of this show, that show's not starting for a minimum of another hour. Like, I, if something happens where it crashes, it's not like reboot, try it again. It's reboot, wait an hour, then try it again. So the company oh. who designs this system said, okay, here's what has to happen. All the changes you make have to happen by this drop-dead time on this drop-dead day. You make any changes after that time, there's a chance it could crash. So, of course, yeah, we're like, okay. We, we got to make them all by 3 o'clock on this day. I get it. So, of course, 
we didn't make all the changes by 3 o'clock that day. We continued to make some changes. And as the company warned, it crashed. So it's <laughs> Because it fault. could, it did. No, it's the company's yeah, fault. Well, they should have made a better program. Yeah, that's right. That's but they right. told there us. There should have been no chance of it no chance ever of crashing, crash. no matter ever. what you do. So they actually said, don't they make actually any changes. Said, don't make any and changes we just made them anyway. And we made changes after that time. And sure enough, the worst-case scenario. Because I always feel like they, they say that, and, no. and like you figure a I know, you don't really covering themselves a little bit. Expiration date on something, yeah, it's still fine. Yeah, it's like this is what their le- this is what their lawyers told, yeah. told like. All right, so there's a hundred percent success rate if you do it by three p.m. If you do it by five p.m., there's a ninety nine percent. But I don't want to give them it. You know, let's not. Right. So then you do it at, right. uh, at five p.m. and it's actually a one percent success rate at that point. Like you have no, <laughs> no chance of it working. And they didn't. They didn't include that information. No, I don't. I don't know. I don't know if it's that serious. But um, but yeah, you should always figure uh, worst case scenario will happen just because. I mean, it's Murphy's law. So you should you should not make changes after the day they tell you not to make changes. I think. But you know, this thing has been so complex. And so tough. And there's so many different moving parts in so many different places. Yeah, that was uh, one of the big things, too. It's just been too hard to do it by that time. And so we couldn't get it all done by that drop-dead date. And so they had to make a few tweaks and changes to it and thinking, okay, well, hopefully it'll hold up. And, you know, it apparently didn't. (laughs) Oopsie. It is going to be pretty cool, though, Uh, you know, even if it's half done. Well, yeah, they got it. No, they got it more than that. It'll be done. (laughs) It'll be done on Saturday, and it will work hopefully flawlessly. It's and beautiful. You're going to be amazed. Yeah. It's, it's just an unbelievable yeah, presentation. That, that was my first time seeing the stage in full size and, 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 and the moon, wow. and the moon which is gigantic, yeah. as Glenn promised. Uh, it's like the whole stage, basically. Huge. I mean, I, it's, it's a 40-foot moon, mm-hmm. you know, a big, round, 40-foot moon on stage. And so it looks spectacular. And then there's going to be uh, people walking upside down that present the flag. Uh, there's going to be, you know, hot girls uh, flying. Um, Wait, what? They're dancers, you know. Um, there's a, the flying act where they, you know, I, I don't yeah. know what you call it, but at the very beginning of the show, they sort of fly around on stage, sort of like, you know, Acrobatics. Cirque du Soleil or yeah. acrobats yeah. do. It's And then there's... You know, there's plane flyovers, there's fireworks, there's so much going on. And the technology has... And that all happens when the bar gets to 100%. (laughs) Yeah. So hope the bar is already there by the time you get there. Uh, Because it's never been done before like this. The technology's been used, just not in this way and not to this extent. It's it's going to be spectacular, but, but pray for us. Just pray for us that it all goes well. It all holds together, and we can get everything done uh, by the by the by the time we have to have it done. Uh, by the way, today through July twelfth, if you purchase an annual subscription, and you know, so you don't necessarily have that if you're watching us, uh, you know, just on Dish or Cable Vision or whatever cable uh, network, you may not have one. So if you if you purchase an annual subscription to the Blaze TV. You'll receive a Man in the Moon DVD as soon as it comes out later this year. Absolutely free. So we just throw that in with your subscription. It's it's a great deal. Man in the Moon taking place this week, of course. Uh, timeless event. The event won't be televised live. So it's just not it's not possible. Can't do it. I mean, expense wise. Yeah. And, you know, so. So if you can't be there in person, this is a great way to get the DVD uh, for free. 
with your subscription. We just throw it in with that. Uh, so get on this offer. Um, it chronicles the, the this amazing event. So the only way to take advantage of the offer is to go to theblaze.com slash free DVD before the 12th. Okay? It's what, the 3rd now? Yeah. Tomorrow's uh, Independence Day, so already the 3rd of July. Wow. That means football is just around the corner. We're not that far away from NFL football coming back. What's the latest, by the way, on Aaron Hernandez? This is a little off topic, but... um, I haven't heard too many updates lately. Uh, They really... I mean, it really looks like he... I know the lawsuit has started now. The, The guy in Connecticut who got shot in the face by Hernandez is suing him. And that's kind of hitting the news now on a widespread basis. Despite what the uh, collective bargaining agreement says with the NFL players, the Patriots are trying to get their money back, which is interesting because they really don't have. I mean, I guess maybe a murder. (laughs) There are special rules and regulations, but the initial reports were they have no leg to stand on as far as getting that money back. Right. Uh, So it'll be interesting to see if they can. Well, they should. I think you why you every penny back from that. Really, you're with the team. You're with the Patriots. You're with the organization. Hundred percent. Why? Why is that, Jeffy? Why do you, why do you believe that? I think they're way? correct. I think they're right. In what way? I think that they're, they're so. You, well, get what part of them and get their money back? And you know, well, what part of the collective bargaining agreement would justify that? <laughs> the part of the collective bargaining agreement that says, "Sign my son." Contract. <laughs> and if getting rid of Aaron Hernandez' massive contract helps, then you're for you're it. Darn the luck. Love you, Aaron. Yeah, but bye bye. Bye bye. Yeah, that's, it's a uh, it's a weird uh, story because they they really do want to get out of this money, which is understandable. Of course but they do. They yeah. had paid him a lot of guaranteed money, and I don't know that uh, I don't know that they're going to be able to. Uh, which is it's that's unbelievable. You have a murderer on your team, you can't get out of a contract. But that, the way the CBA is supposedly written, it, pretty much no. Mm-hmm. So I guess that'll happen. The other thing was they were saying something about how Hernandez, they weren't as worried about his past gang activity being tied to this. Um, they didn't think it was gang-related or anything like that. So I thought, I mean, mm. you know, who knows? So it's just a run-of-the-mill hated murder. Yeah, just say, hey, you know, yeah. he's got to murder somebody. Uh, and he picked somebody, uh, and he got caught. I, I, it's an awful, ugly story, though. I, yeah, but the, luckily, is. the NFL is, I mean, there's only been 36 arrests. Since the Super Bowl, yeah, I think yeah, I think it was twenty eight right. since the Super Bowl, thirty six in right. the year or something like that. Uh, well, I was thinking about that though. Okay, you have uh, fifty players, fifty three players, right, on each team, and then how many on the practice squad, Jeffy? You should know this number better than anybody. <laughs> I'm serious. So you probably know every roster detail of the I, NFL I, right I, now. I don't know no. because I'm not concerned about the practice squad. Well, I, I'm, I'm concerned not saying about you're concerned. the team signing my son. Mm-hmm. I'm not mm-hmm. saying you're concerned about it, but I'm saying you probably are aware generally of how many people would appear. I really don't. They, okay. I really don't know. Let's say, and plus you have people defense. who are in the league and then leave, or, you know, that don't return. So what do you, maybe 60, let's just say 60 players per team. Uh, then you've got 32 franchises. So it's basically right around 2,000 players. Okay. If there's been 36 arrests this year, uh, that's say 36 of 2,000. I mean, what's Is that, that percentage? less than the general population? It's 1.8%. I mean, I don't know. Any organization, if you were to take IBM, would 1.8% of their employees be arrested in a year? Now, consider we're talking about things like DUI. We're not talking no, murders. I don't think so. I don't think so. But it's not. If you took, now let me throw it another way. If you took an uh, organization made out of, entirely out of people below, 
basically 30 to 35, all young people, and put them together. Would you have? I, I'd be interested. I might not be that high. Well, look at Mercury. Out of 300 of us, how many have been arrested? I don't know. If none. 0.0%? I know of none. None. But that doesn't Zero. mean. I can only say 100%. Yeah. Well, well, Jeffy. Okay, except for right. Jeffy. That is. That's right. for Jeffy. Exactly. And if you take individual crimes, individual right. arrests, Jeffy's been arrested more than anybody in the right. NFL. That's true. Combined. Good point. But you know. just arrested. But, you know, all, you, all of those a good question. Convictions. and on a wide variety of uh, charges well, as like well. They're, they're out for me. Uh-huh. I know. I know. It's incredible. But speaking of the NFL. stand in a yard anymore. Because the, uh, not naked, Jeffy. No, you can't. Not naked. Uh, the, uh, speaking of the NFL, at least they did say no thank you. To the Obamacare promotion thing, to, to pimping the uh, Obamacare abortion for uh, the Obama administration, which is, this looks like a better decision every day now that, now that the administration says, oh, by the way, we're not going to enforce the employer mandate until 2015. Now, a full year, Obamacare implementation has been delayed now. They confirmed yesterday that it won't begin enforcing employer mandates until 2015, a year later than planned, and pinned that change of direction on a combination of politics. Po- politics? What? What politics? You? That? It's there's no politics here. It's law. What do you do? What do you mean politics and economic realities in the marketplace? They understand. Make no mistake. They understand. The people who wanted this badly know it's an absolute, unmitigated disaster waiting to happen. And they don't want that disaster to happen before the elections next year. So that's why they put it off for another year. Um, The Assistant Treasury Secretary for Tax Policy announced on the agency blog that the administration will provide an additional year before the mandatory employer and insurer reporting Requirements begin. Um, the delay was intended to leave time to simplify reporting requirements and give companies time to adapt. How much time do you need to adapt? It's been four years. You need another one? This is, I'm telling you, this is an absolute disaster. By the way, Aetna, which is the third largest provider of medical insurance, has mailed a letter to at least some of its customers this week warning the Affordable Care Act is changing health insurance and that many people will pay more for their health insurance coverage in 2014 than they do today. Meanwhile, the Obama administration continues to insist the opposite. They continue to claim that, uh, on average, Americans will save 23 hundred dollars after the implementation of obamacare it's a flat-out lie and they have called it a myth that anybody will be forced out of their current insurance where the cbo just said seven million of us will be forced out so they just keep repeating the same lies over and over and over despite the fact that they've admitted this thing is so bad so awful that they've had to delay it yet another year. I just unbelievable, unbelievable. It really is, and and they don't seem to care. I mean, no, they don't. They, I don't. I mean, they they certainly seem to see the political ramifications of what they've done. 
Yeah. Uh, outside of that, I don't I don't know that they see any of it. I mean, the individual mandate does nothing to people instantly because they don't the fine isn't there. The fine doesn't start until later and it grows. It starts so it's such a small scale. People won't even know it because it's going to be on your tax form. People aren't going to know what it is. They're not even going to see it. They're not going to know what it is, especially when it's when it's a very small amount, you know, a couple hundred bucks over a course of a year. They're not probably going to notice it when it kicks in. People will start getting pissed about that. And you can bet that when the 2016 election comes around and that fine is supposed to step up to five thousand dollars a year, Mm. uh, it just won't. They will find a way to make it not step up to five thousand dollars a year until after the election, because this is what they do. I mean, it's it's pretty amazing. It really is. And and uh, the fact that the, the media seems to be at least noting these things, not saying the policy is bad, not saying the way it passed was bad, not saying we were wrong throughout the whole election to be misleading you. None of that stuff ever happens. But at least they're noting all of the ill effects of this horrible legislation. I want to see this uh, C-SPAN caller uh, talking to an uh, NPR reporter, schooling the reporter on some of the ramifications of Obamacare. This is great stuff because she apparently had no idea. So uh, let's take a look at that. A caller who's fairly well informed on C-SPAN yesterday. Yeah, I was. I was just kind of curious about this health care deal. If it's such a good thing, why why are uh, you guys trying to uh, push it through my children's school to come home and tell me that it's such a it's such a good plan? Um, I don't believe in it. Uh, matter of fact. I just got a hold of my good buddy Rush Limbaugh the other day. I got a bumper sticker coming that says abolish Obamacare. You know, I'm going to fight it tooth and nail. Um, like I said, the thing that gets me is when you're pushing it on my children to come home and talk to me about it. <laughs> what a sad deal. What a sad deal. Get out of my Don, school. Julie Rodner is a reporter with National Public Radio reports on these issues for NPR. Uh, but have you heard about an effort to push it through schools? I have not heard about an effort to push it through schools. That was that's that's something Great. new to me. Uh, Don, you say it's uh, something the teachers More are talking on. about to to your child. What, is, what are they doing out in California? What what are they doing out in know. California? They're they're uh, spending all this money going into the kids' the schools. Tell them to go home. Tell mommy and daddy. Yeah, it's not something you've heard about, though. That's not something I've heard about. That's great. The ignorance of the left is staggering. Covered California, the state's health insurance exchange through Obamacare, announced uh, that there's one of several grants totaling $37 million that they are using to enlist students in the California, in the Los Angeles Unified School District to promote Obamacare from the kids to their parents. Go home. Tell your parents how great Obamacare is. Uh, maybe we should send, what was her name, Julie Rovner? Maybe we should send her the stinking story so she can get up to date on this thing. 888-727-BECK. More patents stew. Coming up.
I, I hate these liars more than poison. I would rather drink a gallon of Drano than listen to them anymore. I can't take it. I hate the liars. I hate they. Ah, the the liars in and around and all through the administration and their allies in the media are absolutely despicable, evil people. Uh, and I hesitate to call them people because they're subhuman to me. <laughs> they are the worst. Yeah. Is that gone a little too far? Did I you? potentially Did I slip over the line? Yeah. Is that you? <laughs> Jeez. I, well, I mean, there comes a time where you just, you've got to say, I got, no, I can't take this from you from you anymore. I can't, I'm not going to listen to it. And I, I, I'm not going to put up with it. And I'm not going to allow it to stand. David Axelrod sitting on these news programs, lying through his communist teeth over and over and over and over and citing one example of an Obamacare exchange that supposedly came in under budget, which I don't believe in California anyway, but then applying that to the to the uh, Obamacare rollout nationally as a whole. So misleading, so deceptive, such a stinking lie because they've been caught in what a train wreck this thing is and how what an abomination it is. And, and the rollout is so bad that they have to delay it now for another year. And they're still trying to say it's a great thing. And everything's good with it. Yeah. And, oh, yes, there's bumps in the road for all of these programs. But they all turn out great in the end. Really? Is Social Security great? Is Medicare great? Are those fixed? Yeah, I mean, it, it becomes a question of, uh, I think the way he phrased it was, a history looks back at them and says it was the right thing to do. And, you know... We're looking back at Social Security and Medicare. Disasters. Yeah, I mean, Those they're complete disasters. disasters and, and they are. When, when people talk about, we don't have a problem with our debt. The reason we have a problem with our debt is Medicare largely. Yeah. You can even t- even yep. even take Social Security, Medicaid, take those even out of it. Medicare largely is the biggest culprit. And, you know, it's something like a, uh, and I read this not too long ago, $47 trillion liability. Forty-seven trillion in unfunded liabilities. Yeah. Depends how far you po- you know po- put it into the future, but yes, it's. Uh, I it's mean, a, a, unbelievable. A, a complete disaster. I mean, it's a complete, disaster. Well, now, we could when never you look at it, you. when you look at it logically, there. But that's not the standard he's looking at. I don't think he's looking at it as, as far as popularity and is pop is Medicaid Medicare a popular well, program? Yes, of course, yes. we've become dependent on it. Right, and that's their standard. The point is, when they say it starts ugly and it gets prettier later, that's because it starts with people not expecting the money. They don't think they deserve it. So they notice all the crap that's going on. And then as it goes over time, they become dependent and expect the money as if mm. it's their right. And when they expect the money and it's their right, they look. They will overlook a lot of the problems. And free money, yes, is a popular program. When you hand people money for nothing, and by the way, both Social Security and Medicare... You take more money out than you put in. It's not a savings program. That's a liberal progressive lie. The idea that you put money into the system and I deserve to get this money out is a lie. And the Social Security text, or tax was a lie specifically designed uh, to uh, give the impression that it was a essentially a government-mandated savings program. You're putting money in and you're getting money out. Well, you get more money out than you put in. And that's what's happened for a very long time. And that's why all these programs are going bankrupt. You get the estimates are three uh, about three times as much as you put in. You get out from these programs. 
So of course they're popular. When so when you give somebody a dollar and they give you three, yes, it's going to be a popular program, but that doesn't mean it's a good thing to do. I just uh, the liars, the tramps, and the thieves. <laughs> I can't take it. Yeah, I can't, I can't even stand to look at David Axelrod. He oh, might, he's awful. He might be the worst of the bunch. Yeah. He's he's bad, and he knows it too. He knows he's lying. He knows what the lie is. He knows the deception. And he's really good at the deception. Unlike Jake Carney, David Axelrod is pretty good and convincing at lying right in your face. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I, I Maybe because I've just seen him so much. He doesn't. Oh. The thing about Axelrod is he's definitely a political guy. Yeah. Like, he l- literally does not care at all. Will not lose one wink of sleep. Over the next thousand years for lying to your face. No. Does, doesn't oh, even had a guy for that. Yeah. And, I, and I, he just has totally justified being. it as we need to win these elections because, you know, we're right and, and everything's wonder. But he will. The ends justify the means for people like David Axelrod. They don't care at all how much they lie to you. And he's a good example of that because he just doesn't care. I mean, you look, he has that. He He's that, that kind and gentle face. And he just looks like with a. Oh uh, well, okay, yeah, you know, I'm just I'm very convincing here, and I'm just going to tell you this is absolutely true. I mean, they didn't say anything when the California thing came out, and it was half a cost. <laughs> when every report <laughs> talks about how all these, are, all the costs are increasing, yeah, when, and he's never said a word about that. No, never. I love how, by the way, oh, the other one we talked about yesterday with Al Sharpton, which I thought was hilarious. Al Sharpton comes out and blurts out, uh, "Well, as we learned yesterday." We learned yesterday that we saved $4 billion with Obamacare. And we're like, what is he talking about? Yeah, who did we learn that from? So we learned we learned that from Kathleen Sebelius, <laughs> who has re- released propaganda to that effect. But, of course, they, what they don't include is how much taxes they've collected to give you that savings. So if you save people, first of all, I don't believe the number, but that's beyond the, let's just say it's true for a second. When you save people $4 billion, but you collect $100 billion in taxes, that's not a savings. $96 million loss. Billion dollar loss. I mean, billion dollars. Yeah, Yeah. that's not a $4 billion billion savings. That's a $96 billion loss. Uh, And, you know, they can continue to try this, but I I guess the American people are going to stand by uh, and, and, and take it. Because that's what they did in 2012, and that's you know I don't I don't see that there's any reason to believe that they're going to start caring at any point. I mean, you look at Egypt; mm. uh, they care about everything. They, they elect governments, and a year later, they're back in the streets. We have to show that. Yeah, this is uh, there's some footage of uh, the wow. Uh, is that an engaged populace? Jeez, holy cow! Uh, although I would say they're engaged, except for the fact they pushed for this uh, in the first place. So yeah, how en- they're right. engaged, but True. apparently not that informed. This is of their own making. But uh, we'll show it to you coming up here on Pat and Stu. Shevitz, what a wine. Triple eight, seven two seven Beck, it is Pat and Stu. And uh, we are in Salt Lake City. A man in the moon happens this Independence Weekend. 
and so we're all psyched about that. I mean, I don't think there's a single human alive who's not psyched about that. Maybe Nancy Pelosi. I think even she's a little tingly over it. I think she is. I don't know if is the press asked her yet. No. Nancy, are you tingly over Man in the Moon, Glenn Beck's uh, big show in Salt Lake City? You going? You got tickets? <laughs> be fun if somebody like that showed up. Actually, it'd be, it'd be, be fun. Be great. Yeah, I'd like that. Um, according to Media Bistro, Megan Kelly is, and we predict this. We predicted it yesterday before the story broke, which is kind of cool. Megan Kelly is, in fact, moving to primetime at Fox. Uh, we, so we don't know what's happening at all with uh, um, Greta. Where's Greta going? We and, don't even know that. It, and maybe that it's Greta's not Greta anywhere. Maybe they're going to move Bill out of his slot. You know, maybe they said, "Look, yep, we're so sick and tired of you being number one." For 15 to 17 straight years. Too many people. Our advertising rates are too high. Uh, Thank you. I mean, right. How how greedy can one network be? MSNBC is almost dead because of you, Bill. Because of you. You're out. Uh, At some point, uh, haven't you made enough money? You know? Um, (laughs) Haven't you made too much? Somebody said that's true. How many Lincoln books do you have to write? Right, exactly. The kids one. The adult one. Mm -hmm. The The kids I mean, I, I do think at a certain point you've made enough money, and uh, and that applies to to Bill O'Reilly. You've made enough money, okay, Bill. What I think is is that you've made enough money at some point. Um. So yeah, and he's he's written uh, uh, killing Lincoln, killing Kennedy, killing Steve, the the barber shop uh, assistant, uh, killing Rebecca. The the school chef and the cafeteria. How many killing books has he done? How violent is this guy? How mm-hmm. much bloodshed do we need to go through? These are all questions that need to be answered by, I think, uh, Bill O'Reilly. Um, anyway, uh, the quote from uh, Gleta, Greta, who blogged yesterday, I'm very busy here in Florida, so let me just quickly blog this. I'm not going anywhere. I have a long-term contract with Fox. And it is for a show in prime time. Done. Okay? And by the way, she's a little pissed. Yeah, no doubt. And by the way, don't you love the courage of the anonymous sources? And those who then speculate from there? She's getting a little taste of the medicine you receive from that channel. Wave. Hmm? Uh, Is that part of the quote? Yeah, well, yeah. Well, the right. way it's written is there's no end quote on it. So I, I thought. Is oh, it, okay. And by the way, time. don't you love the courage of the anonymous sources? You think you say that's not a quote from her? Oh, that, that is, is the full the quote. I, I, just the way it was. I didn't okay. look like it to me. Okay, Chris, we are sure that is from her. And by the way, don't you love the courage of the anonymous sources? Yeah, I mean, look, she, yeah, you okay. know, people are going to spe- okay. people are going to speculate on Greta because you know, I, we we talked about this before, and it's no knock on her, but she's you know. She, I mean, look, you look at the primetime lineup. They did the same thing to Glenn. The, the anonymous sources right. came out of the freaking woodwork right. saying that he'd been fired, alleging that, you know, that uh, they'd been wanting to get rid of him for some time. It's all bull crap. Yes. So for her to experience that, it, it's, it's a shame because and but here we are. Those who speculate from there speculate. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess there. there's no point. So, you know, sorry, Greta, because we've been we've been there and we understand how that goes. But. But uh, it's it's kind of weird if they're moving Megan Kelly into primetime. Yeah, I mean, maybe somebody's got to go. It's a, well, it's a, right? Well, maybe yeah, what well, you have? Uh, you got Bread Bear. You've got and well, they, no, you've got Shep Smith. Yep. And then you have Bill, 
and nobody's doing anything yeah. with those two. You've or, got you've got Sean Hannity. Hannity. Nobody's doing anything anywhere. with Hannity. Yep. And then and Greta. then you got Greta. And that Greta airs at what ten? So I mean, there's really not another hour of prime time there. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see I what they're thinking about doing. Maybe maybe she teams with Greta. Maybe she oh, teams we, with. Here's something Bill. outside of these personalities for a second. What is the purpose of announcing a move to prime time when you don't announce what it is? I don't know what the change is. Like, it's a why weird, are, it's a weird move. We're moving her there, like so everyone can just go crazy speculating of like who's losing their job, and yeah, exactly. I, don't, I don't understand that approach. That make much sense. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. That, isn't that strange? Very. It's very strange. Hmm. Now, uh, I guess if nobody's moving and everybody's been signed, and we just saw this the other day, everybody in the lineup has just been signed to a long-term contract. I think, yeah. including Brett Bear yep. and Brett. Chef Smith. And so, and you know, Bill's not going anywhere. And you know, Sean's not going and they anywhere. Signed, Those they, guys, they signed solid. Greta to a long term contract. I believe it was in May. Yeah. It may so, have been March. I mean, it just it, happened. Though. Just happened. So maybe you could speculate that Megan is going to join somebody and it's going to be Shepard and Megan. Or, you know, I don't think they'd mess with Bill's show. And no. Kelly. And I don't think they'd mess with Sean's show. Yeah. So could it be Greta or Shep and Megan Kelly? I don't know. It's interesting. I mean, Shep maybe could team up with Megan. I, he might want to, but they certainly wouldn't force that on him. And I, you know, I don't, I don't know. You know, there's I don't an, know. The, if way, it was me, I'd like to. Another way to go is would to you like uh, to work with Megan Kelly. Mm, let me think. Yes. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. That's a tough one. We're concerned about the time frame of yes. what you wanted to. No. Yes. Yeah, because we're not talking no, about yes. the afternoon. She's talented. Show. We're yes, about the evening. no, I, I know. Yes, and we're not specifically let me think, yes. talking about. We don't know. If okay, it's wait. Be yes, ten or eleven. No, Could let be. me give it some, some, a little more consideration. Yes, how about you, Stu? Yes, is that yeah. yes? Mm-hmm. But you want to think? You want to really ponder? Well, and hold on, think. let me. Yes, okay. Another option, if I may, people so bold is to watch a fantastic bat block of television uh glenn beck real news will cow that's another maybe a little for the record sprinkled in occasionally right instead of the oh, uh, instead of the fox news i'm just throwing it out there i mean <laughs> you know we are on the network maybe we should mention that that's another direction that could be utilized what yeah what you could well, do megan that kelly's not on that network no she's not no megan kelly's not in that primetime lineup no she's not I, well, I, then what are you saying? I, I, I think... <laughs> that's pretty sad. Thought I'd bring it we've, up. We've just, I think, well, I think it's appropriately brought up, <laughs> you know, on our own network, yeah. on this network that we, I don't know, exist on. And here we are talk, talking about how great Fox's lineup is and how it can't be disturbed in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> <laughs> we forget. Oh, by the way, no, we're no, on the air, I too. Think, I don't think... I don't think we <laughs> forgot. Like we. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yes. Uh, right. <laughs> I appreciate that, Jeffy. Uh, no, because it, it is. Uh, you do forget. I think I, I forget that stuff because we're involved in it. Right. Like I. Well, uh, and we don't care. I mean, it, it used yeah. to be in, in radio and television. You dare not speak about oh, anybody right. else's time slot. Any other no. show. I have never subscribed to that theory. And I always mention the con- competition. I, I, I don't care. Is that going to. If I say. Hey, uh, Steve Arnoldson mm. is on oh. Q109.3 right now. Uh, are you going to just immediately, because you heard the name and the call letters, 
and the frequency go there? No, no. you're not. Unless I tell you, hey, Steve's playing a song you like right now. Go listen to it. Then, then you might. But just the mere mention of a competitor, I don't think, is a deal. So we've, I mean, we've never worried about that. So uh, obviously, but <laughs> right there, we just did it to about the tenth power. Uh, but some interesting comments from Rush yesterday, uh, who was talking about his appearance on Fox and Friends. Here's, uh, I, I think this is uh, from his radio show. Here's here's Rush on uh, what happened on Fox yesterday. Now, I told the people at Fox I wanted to talk about this today. That was three or four times, and they wouldn't do it. They were not interested in bringing this subject up. I wanted to talk about this in relationship to the current state of the Republican Party. And they wouldn't, they wouldn't do it. I, 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 HR told them, I, they asked me, what do you want to talk about? I didn't tell them I wanted about Egypt. I didn't want to talk about Egypt. I said, first thing out of my mouth, I want to talk about immigration, the state of the Republican Party. Wouldn't go there. I had to bring it up myself to whatever extent that I did. Um, and that, by the way, is quite telling to me. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure what it tells him, but uh, it's it's telling in some way. Now, here's Chris Hayes from MSNBC talking about Rush. This guy's a genius. This is why he's getting the ratings. Now, of course, this isn't the first time a celebrity has performed for an egomaniacal tyrant who uses fear and paranoia to keep followers in line. Beyonce did sing at a New Year's Eve bash, entertaining the family of Muammar Gaddafi, and Elton John performed at the fourth wedding of Rush Limbaugh. Okay. So now they like to say that you compared something to something else all the time. Is that not a direct comparison uh, to a a brutal dictator of Rush Limbaugh? Yeah, it's not. Uh, I mean, you know, I guess he's saying here are examples of people who have performed at controversial figures. But uh, I mean, uh, and 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 Elton John with Rush Limbaugh is a direct comparison yeah. to Gerben Gulli, Berta Mahanded, and Dobbinstov, the dictator of Turkmenistan. Oh, yes. I will say, great leader of Turkmenistan. I don't want to. Yeah, thank I you. don't want to put him down. I do want to travel there someday. So I. You know, I have to kiss really up to do, him. Too, I will, and I will be. I mean, look, I, my plan is at this time to sing him happy birthday next year. It uh, is? I think we should start pushing for that. Okay. Uh, Stu, look, I will still go there and sing you happy birthday. <laughs> but uh, he's a brutal dictator. Yeah, but I really want to go there. Okay. I have no so, idea how much of a fan I am of this. Yeah, really? Oh. I can make some. We need to make that happen. I want to. Seriously, I I will, and I, I you know I don't think he'd want me to dress up like Jennifer Lopez, but I'll get oh, no, I'll, but you I'll clean up nice. No, you I'll clean up nice. Oh, you know, you I'll, yeah, I'll put on a tux or I something. I don't even want. I don't even care if you dress up. I just want you to go do it. I, I would think love that's it. a great I, idea. I think it'll be it's great. A great idea. And imagine me trying to right. go, Happy birthday, Gerben Gulli, Bernie Mahadevan, We'll be right back on fans yeah. yeah. And many more. Uh, Pat and Stu show, by the way. 
We have to show you some images of uh, what's going on in Egypt. It's unbelievable. Now, keep in mind, a year ago, a little over that now, but Morsi was elected a year ago. So what, six months before that, they insisted on Hosni Mubarak being removed. They absolutely demanded that he be gone. They didn't like him. Brutal dictator. Oppressive. They're sick of it. He'd been in power for 30 years. They want him gone. He is because of the will of the people. All right? It's it's supposed to be this wonderful Arab spring. It's, it's uh, a wonderful transformation. It's peaceful. It's loving. Not so much. Um, okay, so fast forward to uh, the election of Morsi. They love that. He's elected. Muslim Brotherhood's in power. They build a fabulous new building uh, and sort of erect a monument to themselves. Morsi's in power. Now we're at today where millions of people, and over the weekend, millions, the estimate was on what, Saturday or Sunday? 17 million people countrywide were out protesting in the streets demanding he be gone. And then yesterday or the day before, they said, you've got 24 hours to get out. He said he's not going anywhere. He is now under house arrest. I, I mean, it's incredible what's going on. Maybe just for his safety. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's what it is. Yeah, I'm sure he's he's restricted travel. He's under house arrest. If the military has turned on Morsi, he's done. The Muslim Brotherhood is done in Egypt because that's the way these things work in a country like that. Um, so it, this is over for uh, Mohammed Morsi. And we don't know that for sure yet, but it does seem that way. I yeah. mean, you know, and it's like, I don't even know how to comprehend a society like this. And this is one of these times that you have a nice moment of American pride in that, look, I cannot think of a worse decision than putting this horrible president that we have back in for four years. But did we do anything like this? Did we go to a, did we go to a, uh, a square and try to get the guy thrown overthrown by our military? Like, I... Not even something I ever considered for the briefest of moments. It it says so much about the American system and what we've developed here that this kind of instability does not happen, and it's it's great. However, what I do admire is their activism. That's an activated, engaged population. It is. And if we were engaged like that, we could make sure we could have made sure that Obamacare was overturned or didn't happen in the first place. We could have made sure that Mitt Romney was elected president. We, we could make sure that the immigration thing does not pass in the House. If we showed up in these kinds of numbers in our state capitals oh, yeah. or the nation's capital, are you kidding me? It's over. Oh, yeah. It's they, over. They, it yeah. scares the hell out of our politicians in Washington. Right. But the reason it scares the hell out of our politicians in Washington is because they think they're going to lose elections, not get held under house arrest by the military. Exactly and right. And that's why it's a great right. system. Which is the beauty of it. it so I love, you know, obviously, I, I love... I, I cherish, uh, we're blessed to live here. And one of the things we've always said is that is that our transmit, transitions of power always happen without tanks in the streets. And that's fantastic. But if we had just a little bit of this kind of activism, uh, we could make sure that uh, this country stays great. And this, the numbers, yes. Out of right. This kind of activism, I mean, you know, so many people are dying and being raped well, in the square. Without the violence. Yeah, right. without the rape. I, and I know, I, don't, I, know, I know you don't mean that, obviously. Right. But it's, it's just one of those things. You have to point out that I'm not as, not, I'm not Bill Crystal in love with these things, you know. Uh, no, like, I'm not. Either. And I know you're not. But this is an amazing event.
It is. And it may be again, though. In, in, how many times again. do we get? How many times do we get and this next coverage? year? We should be going through the same thing. <laughs> I don't know. Right? How many times do we pay attention to their revolutions? Every freaking three months, we're going to give them more coverage. Hey, Probably. another revolution in oh, Egypt. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you have to, I guess. But it's like, all right, guys, decide. You just had a revolution, and you voted these people into office. It's your yeah. fault. It's yeah. your fault. Now you're out there doing this again. <laughs> it's crazy. And keep in mind, this is a country of 80 million. It is a sizable, significant nation. All right, more patents too coming up. No one's ever been busier than we will be for the next three days. I'm pretty sure that's true, right? Have we done the research on that? I think we're, so. we're waiting for it to come back to okay. the official research. All right, Man in the Moon, Saturday night. And, of course, uh, tomorrow, Stu and I are at the Speaker Series. If you're in town, please join us for that. 11 o'clock, Speaker Series, uh, Pat and Stu, speak. We finally break our silence. We have been <laughs> silenced for so we long. Did, for too long, really. We've been silent. For too long. We will tell the truth about Glenn Beck at this speech. Finally, mm-hmm. the truth comes out. Yeah. About who Glenn Beck is and what he's really all about. What does he do with his money? Uh-huh. We have his credit card receipts. Right. We're going to show we them do. to you on stage. Yep. We have his we have social the security site. number. He, he's been surfing. We have his, a lo- his lifelong Google mm-hmm. search history. We've taken the 100 mm-hmm. most questionable things and we're going to be posting a list. On your question, what's he really like behind closed doors? That all is finally revealed. Finally. Tomorrow. You're not gonna, because we're not do it blowing the lid off this bad boy now. You're not, not going to do it all. Yeah, all of it. Tomorrow. All of Why it. Are you? In one explosive hour. Mm-hmm. Or half hour. What's what's the problem here, Jeffy? No, 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 no problem. What time are you going to Were you on his computer at some point? Is that what the right? issue is? Yeah, what time is your 11 thing? o'clock tomorrow morning. <laughs> it's 11 o'clock. All right. Okay. Anyway, so then. So, so it's. used to be racing. Yeah. Uh, it's Happy Independence Day, and then I think we have the rest of the day sort of, uh, you know, to do what we will. And then Friday is the big comedy night with uh, Stu and Jeffy and and uh, Jeff Allen and Brian Sack. Brian Sack. Jack Helmuth will be there as well. The whole Doc Brian Thompson. Sack crew, the B- uh, uh, Skip will be there. Mm-hmm. The yeah. whole crew. Whole crew. Whole crew. Everybody's going to be hilarious. Hilarity will ensue. And I hope so. I will be releasing um, uh, hidden camera footage from Glenn's home. Finally, we're blowing the lid off that whole thing. And then Saturday morning starts early, earlier than Uh, most mornings do. Uh, And um, actually, it's later than most mornings for us. Yeah, that's true. We're up and we're running. And Stu and I are both running uh, uh, 50 miles on Saturday morning. (laughs) I'm going to walk it. I won't even drive 50 miles tomorrow morning. Uh, yeah, not tomorrow. No, Saturday. Saturday. Yeah, sorry. Uh, my Saturday wife is morning. coming into town uh, on Friday. Yeah, and uh, she she emails me this morning. She's like, "Oh, I see. There's uh, you guys are doing a 5K. I want to run that with you. With me? <laughs> with me? Yeah, right. That's 
You think you I'm mad running in that race? No, we're handing out bananas. We're handing out food. <laughs> we're standing where the food is. We're probably mostly eating the food, but if somebody asks for a banana right here, here, <laughs> we'll, enjoy we'll, that. We'll be taking the banana. We'll be taking the bananas and dipping them in chocolate. Yeah. Oh, that's that's a given. What? And then we go directly from that to our museum tour. Natasha, we need fondue for the uh, 5K. So get that. Let's get a get chocolate fondue. Can we get a chocolate fondue maker? And then we can dip the. Mm-hmm. Seriously, let's. And we can dip the uh, okay. bananas in chocolate. Excellent okay. idea. Serious. Not, so directly from serious. that to our to our museum <laughs> tour, and then directly from that to my education conference from three to five. On Saturday with Michelle Malkin. Is it true you're going to be blowing the lid off of something? I'm going to be blowing the lid off the whole Glenn Beck education scam. Really? Yes. Oh, man. Blowing the lid. Did he really go to Yale? No. No, he did not. No, he did not. He only went for like a semester. Yeah, (laughs) that's right. He did not graduate as he purports. Is he a real doctor? We'll blow the lid off that. Yes. And then it's uh, directly onto Man in the Moon. No, 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 not because then I'll I'll be at the Simple to Lose booth uh, prior to the. Between that time, the end of your conversation. Oh, that's an interesting the, uh, thing you bring uh, up uh, there. Before, man, the There's an interesting mm-hmm. thing you bring up there because I yeah, see a little book to your left. You got to get to. <laughs> but first, we have Buck Sexton uh, joining us. So oh, Buck cool. was just, uh, I think, last week or the week before uh, in Egypt and into <laughs> Rear Square. Good timing on the exit there, Buck. No kidding. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Have you? Uh, so, I mean, it's an amazing thing what's going on there because you can't help but be awed by the sheer numbers of people who are engaged in this process but they screwed it up in the first place last year and now they're trying to undo the process you know so it's it shows first of all that they made a horrible decision secondly the instability in egypt has to be somewhat frightening with a country of that size and third are there any indications they're going to make the right choice this time we got a lot of stuff there, so <laughs> let's start with yeah. Uh, yep. the, the notion that this is that we should be skeptical to some degree of the success of this. Uh, look, I think that's absolutely mm-hmm. the case. It wasn't long ago that we were all supposed to be excited about the last mob that gathered in Tahrir and was screaming about democracy and rule the people. And I, I don't want to be uh, smarmy about this, but the fact of the matter is that the Egyptian, the real unemployment rate in Cairo is probably about 50%. So getting this many people to get wow. out into the streets... Yes, it's a function of political activism and political engagement, but it's also a function of the fact that people are really poor, really angry, and quite honestly don't have a lot else to do right now. So this is a, a sort of a snapshot of broader social problems there. And, quite, and the other part of this is, yeah, there's right now military forces deploying to key sites all over Cairo. Uh, they've deployed to Cairo University in Giza. They've deployed uh, in a number of places where the, their Nile uh, bridge crossings, I and mean, these are sort of key nodes of control. And they told the president he's got to step down. If this is not a coup, I would like one of you guys to explain to me what a coup would look like. I'm curious about yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. I, it is a coup. It is a military yeah. coup. I mean, it might be bloodless so far, or at least, you know, minor uh, uh, bloodshedding. But... Um, it's definitely a coup when the military has this guy under house arrest, isn't it? When you when you take the the president of the country uh, into custody, whether that's at his own palace or not, you and it's the military doing it. I, I think that's a coup. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, that's I, a coup. I, think, I think we got to use the c word here. It is in fact a coup. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to say that because coups sound kind of nasty, um, and we want to be very happy the Muslim Brotherhood's gone. 
But there's a sort of short-sightedness here, and quite honestly, a lot of a lot of the Egyptian uh, street seems to not have learned the lesson that it's one thing to go out and wave placards and flags and say how angry you are about all the dysfunction in society. It's a completely different thing to make your society work better, to improve things, to change things. Um, and the mm-hmm. Muslim Brotherhood, even if they do, let's say they step down, it's relatively bloodless. Let's just forget about the almost hundred sexual assaults or slash gang rapes, depending on the incidents we're talking about here. You know, you can put aside these things that everybody doesn't want us to focus on because we're supposed to be so excited that the revolution essentially has taken a mulligan here. You know, it's like they hit it out in the rough and now they just want to give it another go. Um, and the, the truth is that the Muslim Brotherhood's not going anywhere. The Muslim Brotherhood, at a minimum, got 25% of the general vote the last time they held elections. They did, in fact, win the election. Everyone seems to agree that's what happened. It's not like they say, oh, it was a fraud, like in other countries. So where do, they, where do the Muslim Brotherhood supporters go? What do they do after all this? I have a feeling they're mm-hmm. going to be pretty upset. And these guys tend to take their politics and their, their ideology pretty seriously, i.e., they produce guys like Ayman al-Zawahri and al-Qaeda jihadists. I'm not saying all of them are like that. But there do tend to be some connections between the two. So, so what happens with that? First of all, who's next in line for this? And what does the, uh, the Muslim Brotherhood do about it? Well, this is the, the fascinating thing is the Muslim Brotherhood's in a very strange position here where after running the country into the ground, they can legitimately stare at the opposition and say, you guys call yourself democracy activists? You're you're taking democracy and you're slamming it into a tree here. This is not democracy. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were other ways they could try to change things. Look, the, the opposition, and I heard this when I spoke to them, and they're very uh, fixed in this idea that Morsi was so bad and broke so many promises and, and was such essentially such a jerk that he's no longer a democratically elected leader. I'm not sure it really works that way, but let's just sort of allow that for the purposes of, of discussion. Who's going to take charge when he leaves, if he does leave, which we're going to find out. I mean, this thing could turn on a dime and get really ugly really fast. I don't think it will in the short term, but who knows? It's literally minute to minute, hour to hour here. I mean, I'm reading all the wide feeds as they come in. But, uh, Pat, Stu, nobody knows, man. That's the, that's the bottom line. No one knows where it goes from here. Um, this is uh, the, the democratic process here. They've sort of pulled the ripcord on it, and they're hoping they can do a restart that will somehow make things better. And at some point, it's like I said, getting people into the streets to yell and scream is one thing. Getting people to actually do the hard work of creating civil society and rule of law is another. And they haven't proven the latter yet. Uh, pragmatically, Buck, the way this country is functioning right now, though, is the, these elections uh, its are playtime. The truth is the military runs this country, right? Oh, of course. That's why the military, the, mm-hmm. the protesters know that Absent the military's backing, they always assumed that the military would kind of have their back in this whole process. Absent that, the Brotherhood would be laughing at them. They'd be like, yeah, whatever, go protest. Um, the, the, the military are the main power brokers here. And this is true in a lot of uh, Middle Eastern countries. The military is like the one institution that kind of has general public respect and, and people seem to believe is, uh, you know, there's sort of a nationalism tied to it. And uh, they just trust the military yeah. for one reason or another. Um, and that's what we're seeing here now. So the military's role in all this, but I have to say that the only reason the military, and this is sort of comforting and discomforting at the same time, which I think really describes a lot of what's going on in Egypt. Like, we're happy the Muslim Brotherhood will be gone, but we're not happy that the elections have essentially been discarded by angry people in the street. 
And uh, with mm-hmm. the military, I guess you could say we're happy that the military is stepping in to make sure, or hopefully, we'll, we'll see, there won't be a lot of violence and stuff. Uh, but we're also, you know, having to take into account the fact that the military doesn't even want control because the country's so messed up. It may be ungovernable. That's the real conclusion out of all mm-hmm. this, is that it just is going to be a dysfunctional kleptocracy for the foreseeable future. I mean, it just seems like, uh, I, I don't know, maybe what I'm getting at is this idea that there was this democratic re- revolution to get the people's voice heard. I mean, right now it's nice that the military is supporting the people, it, it appears. But the truth is, if the if the people's uh, people aren't held accountable uh, to their own decisions, then it, that's not a democracy. What you what you it goes both ways when you make a bad decision. You, as we did here in 2008 and 2012, uh, to a different scale, obviously, we, we come back on the other side of that and we say, hopefully, that, uh, look, we think this guy's been a bad president and we reverse that decision. You don't just yeah. run into the street every 10 seconds and, and, and get the military to overthrow the guy you elected nine months ago. Look, it's a really bad precedent to yell do-over and have tanks behind you while you do it. Uh, that, that's not good for yeah. democracy. There's no and, – and everybody who hates the brotherhood, whenever I say this, they I, I, they know that I'm right, and yet they hate when I say this. I mean, it, it's not like I'm right. I mean, that's just the truth. It's obvious. Uh, they're, they're discarding electoral results. I spoke to uh, the sort of liberal, tech, uh, you know, technologically savvy – young people of Career Square. I talked to a bunch of them when I was there. Again, this was just a week ago. I knew all this stuff was coming. They told me millions in the street. The military would back them, and that's why you know I've talked to you guys on other shows as well about this. Uh, the fact of the matter is that a lot of them voted for the Muslim Brotherhood. So they were dumb enough <laughs> to buy into the fact that these guys, or buy into the promise, rather, that these guys weren't going to be uh, essentially ham-fisted theocrats. Uh, ham-fisted, again, probably... Not the best term to use here, but you know, <laughs> you know what I mean. Uh, yes. So, yes, right, right. Not have his uh, uh, falafel fisted or something else. But the point here <laughs> right. is that uh, there was an assumption that they would live up to these promises. And, you know, it's like Bush said, fool me once, you know, can't get fooled again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, apparently these guys don't know the phrase, elections have consequences, uh, because they, they, they're not going with the consequences of this election. What's going to be interesting, though, to see is if uh, so. Let's say they get rid of Morsi. But let's say this is the end of his of his presidency. Do they get a military leader at that point? Do they get a different member of the Muslim brother, Brotherhood? Or I think about the only other possibility is they get somebody even more radical. Maybe like uh, you know somebody who sympathizes more with Al Qaeda. Or uh, somebody even more extreme than a Muslim Brotherhood member. I I don't see this thing working out in that. Oh, now they've got a really moderate guy who believes in uh, American type freedom and liberty, religious as well as political. And hey, he's going to uphold all of the peace agreements with Israel and the United States, and we're all going to be friends, and everything's going to be great. I just don't see that option. Pat, I, I, if I'm going to go out on a little bit of a limb here, I think the most likely outcome, there's going to be some more bloodshed and more people are going to die. I don't think it'll be in the hundreds. I think it'll probably be in the dozens. But uh, just because people will be outraged no matter how this thing shakes out, there'll be some kind of a – and the military is going to release a statement very soon. In fact, they may even be releasing it while we're here on air. Uh, but there's going to be some kind of power-sharing agreement offered up where – 
the Muslim Brotherhood, essentially Morsi, steps down from being president. He maintains some kind of role. I don't know what exactly it would be, uh, but there'll be some sort of like, okay, now we're creating a new coalition of advisors or something almost. The military will be in effective control, the military and the courts, while we have a new round of presidential elections, and then we have a new parliamentary election as well. Um, that's what I think they're hoping will happen. But, you know, there's fascinating questions that no one wants to ask, even if that goes down, Pat. And I think this goes to what you're saying about who's going to actually be in charge at the end of this. The military doesn't want it. It's a stinking fish. They know that mm. the people will turn on mm-hmm. them. And the one thing they've done right so yep. far is not opening up with 50 cows on their own people. That You've got to give them credit for that. However, yes. uh, what if the Mother <laughs> Brotherhood time. wins the next round of elections? What if they're able to rally even more supporters yeah. because they feel like democracy was stolen from them and they weren't able to complete their mandate? I mean, people have to take that seriously. Then what? You know, then where are we? People need to be more serious about this. It's not just, oh, the coup is here. Sweet. It's a panacea. We don't have to worry anymore. That's not the case. Yeah, it's it, it's a volatile bad situation and i i don't know how it turns out really good i it, <laughs> it doesn't i, I don't well, think no it, it doesn't turn out well no i mean i, I don't, don't think there's does. any uh, prospect at this point that this is turning into this Mm-mm. you know the bill crystal glorious revolution right I, that doesn't mean it, maybe they do get a little bit more moderate or something but still i mean i you're talking about the the you're you're playing around at the fringes i think at that point uh you know i think the the more likely thing is the, the best case scenario is still you're in an incredibly unstable position. Yeah. You're in a situation where democracy is not honored, that the military can step in when they don't like the results. I mean, I, it's a terrible thing. And remember, as you pointed out, 80 million people live here. Yeah. This is like a quarter a of the size country. of our country. It's a major Huge. country. Yeah. Appreciate yeah, it. Thanks a lot. There are uh, fundamental Buck. questions here, too. Like, they all want, I mean, not they all, I'm sorry, a majority of these people, though, a clear majority want Sharia law. Okay, they want Sharia law. Yeah. What does that mean yeah. exactly? Who decides what Sharia law is? I mean, that's not a yeah. an idle question. That's not a that's not a joke. That's true. Well, what is Sharia law exactly mm-hmm. in practice? Uh, they think they want it, but do they want it? Who implements it? Is that a, a thing for the government to do? Or uh, you know, so there's so much that has not been addressed here. All everyone's decided on is Morsi is bad. He's got to go. But the next step, I'm telling you, is wide open. And I do. I'm with you guys. I do not have high hopes for the future right now. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Buck. Uh, Thanks, great Buck. insights uh, from a guy from a guy who's just there recently. Triple eight seven two seven Beck. More patents too coming up. The network you are building. Truth lives here. You know, how we fix this Egyptian situation, it's easy. It is. The it seems pretty thing complicated in the world. when Buck Sexton was talking about it. I know it did, and then it hit me. Send Dennis Rodman. Why haven't we thought of it? Ah. Why Why was, in the hell have we not sent Dennis Rodman hey, to fix this? Man. So stupid. The man is a man of peace. Who brought peace to North Korea when he visited there with the Harlem Globetrotters? Yeah, there were people who were uh, who thought things would go bad in North Korea. No, like, the people wouldn't have a f- 
bright future. Right. But that's we but all then know Dennis, that's, over that's now. before Dennis came. Yeah. And uh, Dennis said in Sports Illustrated, he believes he deserves to win a Nobel Peace Prize for his outreach. And, uh, you know, who doesn't believe that way? Uh, here's what Dennis said. Why it's been left to me to smooth things over, I don't know. Dennis Rodman, of all people, keeping us safe is not really my job. It's President It's it's President Barack Obama's job. But I'll tell you this. If I don't finish in the top three for the next Nobel Peace Prize, something's seriously wrong, unquote. And uh, I think he's, mm-hmm. he makes a point there. He nailed it. He makes a point. He, he nailed it. it. Uh, uh, now, some mm-hmm. will note uh, that after his visit, uh, things got worse. Kim Jong Il did, or Kim Jong Un, excuse me, mm-hmm. did uh, distribute copies of Mein Kampf to his uh, his close associates to yeah. read for progress. He also did threaten to nuke the United States of America and South Korea. Yeah, and well, he threatened to start a new around. war. He's just funning around. Just That's funnin'. all he's doing. He's funning. You're right. He's funning. But I think we've got, don't we have clips from the show? Uh, the HBO show Vice finally aired. Yeah. With and, Dennis Rodman. And it was a couple of weeks ago. These guys are, they're crazy. They'll just do anything. And so they're really like hanging out with Kim Jong-un. I mean, this it's a, it's an amazing group of people that have the balls to do with the stuff that they do. I don't know, man. Going to North Korea. I, I would love, I would love, dangerous. love to travel to North Korea if it wasn't North Korea, you know what I mean? Like, I would love to see it. I mean, imagine seeing what that was like. Yeah, I and, was such a fan of that. Yeah, you really, you, you seem to cheer there. all these visits on tonight. When I say I want to visit some shady country, you're like, yeah, you should go. That's yeah, interesting. Uh, let's, uh, let's watch some of the clips from uh, HBO's Vice. Oh, we're not going to... Uh, oh, there's no sound it's on It's not it. sound? Okay. So, all right. So we just no, we're just, over we're just checking it out. Oh, okay. uh, let me tell you. I'll, let me explain one of the clips that I happen to see on the show. Then, sorry, we're in separate locations, so we're having some video issues. Uh, but uh, so I, w- I was watching it, and they go to this uh, game, uh, Harlem Glob- Globetrotters game, and you know, typical North Korea setup. The crowd's all uniform, and and you know, exactly what you would picture in North Korea. And they sit there and they watch the game, and they enjoy, and they laugh, and everything, and they leave, and they think it's over. And they get, like, shuttled through these back hallways, and uh, they don't know where they're going. No one's telling them anyway. They have to, any, anything, they have to leave right away. They don't know if they're going to get executed. Right. They have no idea what the hell's happening to them. And they come down this long corridor, and they go through this door and into this room, and there's Kim Jong-un sitting, standing there, like, for a party. He's, like, throwing this party. It's time to drink up and celebrate your visit with Kim Jong-un. Wow. Can you imagine how bizarre wow. that would be? And they just sat there and drank and ate with the guy. And uh, it was like, you know, filled with uh, bizarre North Korean dancing. And I mean, it's a it's a weird freaking society. And by Party the way, Central, and North I, would, Korea. I would say probably you could argue Cuba, but it's North Korea is really the only pure communist uh, government left on Earth. I guess you could mm-hmm. say Cuba as, as well. Mm-hmm. But of all the things that were supposed to be brought to us from communism, all of them have failed. They've backed off with the exception of North Korea. Uh, and they, North Korea is obviously a failed state, but it, they have stuck to their isolationism and Cuba. I, it's Cuba to a little bit of a lesser extent, but North Korea is hardcore still. I mean, they're still there giving it a whirl and it is not working. And blaming us, yep. by the way, for the fact that it isn't working. Triple eight seven two seven Beck eight 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 seven two seven B E C K. Amazing stuff from Chris Matthews and MSNBC coming up.
Pat and Stu, 888-727-BECK, 888-727-BECK. You can go to whatever you want here. Mm-hmm. But uh, we got to get to the Jeffy Fat pictures before the end Let's of the show. Let's get it out of the way because uh, otherwise it'll get swept under the rug and it can't. It cannot. It's, it's too important. <laughs> it uh, cannot? No. No, no. It can't. Well, here's can. we should get this set up a little bit. Um, Jeff Fisher is fat. Um, he's <laughs> That's your setup? Yeah. Why? Was Jeff that not Fisher good? is fat. That wasn't any good? <laughs> no, it was good. Okay. Good night, everybody. Right to the point. It was direct. <laughs> No, it was, you know, it was poignant. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Jeff all. Fisher is, is fat. fat. Okay. <laughs> all right. We got that. Overweight. 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 Yes, uh, Jeffy uh, is a larger uh, gentleman, as, yes. as how I would put it today. Or, as some would say, a fat pig. A fat, a fat pig. Not some would just, some would say, some, some would say. In their description. They say like he's a fat monster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot or, of people would say you it. know, a, a massive... A lot of people say it. ...fat tub of goo. Tons of people say it. Even say some it people would say that. After looking through all the fat pictures? Yes. Some people would say... Some, like, yeah. Your, your wife I, was I, probably I, looking back and, and thinking, I didn't think you were how that. did I... I didn't think you were that Did fat. we adopt our children? Because I know I didn't sleep with that fat monster. <laughs> <laughs> but she didn't say that to me. She, she said it to us. She, uh, yeah, she, she, she called us. She, did was she said, that she said Pat and Stu, thank you. So what we're getting thank you to. for all it, you do to make him go to simple to lose. Yeah, well, and that's this is a good point because this this gives a little uh, worthy attention to uh, simpletolose.com. Uh, and you will be out at the events at Salt Lake. You're going to be at the Simple to Lose booth, correct? Booth at the uh, at the Welcome Center mm-hmm. here in uh, SLC, the big Salt Lake City, a Friday evening and Saturday. Evening. Now, the good thing about that is you can view this book when you're there, right? You can. So you can you check can. this out full, this book. full. They have not even seen it yet. Oh, this is great. So this is a little preview. A uh, f- Jeffy in his super fat state. This is various oh, yeah. various like places. Six years ago, up to about a year and a half ago. Wow, really? Okay, can we show some of the pictures on camera and we can maybe zoom in on them? Uh, the so explain them as you're... Okay, cover is a, a visit only, but here's... Uh... Here's, the first. here's the first two. Okay. If you can see those, okay. Do we have a close-up What's, on uh, that? What do you think, Ryan? Can you see these or what? It's fat. Right? So you okay. got that. Okay, it's yeah. fat. You get the point? Why don't you, why don't you okay. get, the, get the, can, the microphone out of your gut? And uh, it's almost impossible from that angle to get it out. <laughs> and maybe point it towards your face so we can hear what you're saying. All right. I keep forgetting I have a TV. Yeah, we yeah, don't, have, don't the TV have the TV mics on today, yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> like, what, Wait. The, the Outback blimp. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which one is the blimp? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Okay. And another page? Oh, this is just from uh, FLA Radio Studio Days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Out the chair. So, Tampa, Florida radio station from which Jeffy was spawned. Oh, this is from one of one of the uh, uh, parades. The, one of the gas. Oh, one of the Gasparilla parades. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Big celebration yeah, in Tampa. Really, really tubby there. It's sort of like Mardi Gras in Tampa, right? Gasparilla. And then this. This is uh, this lovely photo. I unfortunately cannot can, see. Can you it. explain this one? This is just with Ted Webb. Oh yeah, Ted Webb from WFLA. Mm-hmm. Is that the, uh, the Glenn Beck event uh, in uh, Tampa, Florida? Okay, the, uh, bold right. and fresh, I believe. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Now it comes up. And there's some that are coming to where Jeffy was at his fattest. Oh yeah, there's the well, of course, the camel. Like, oh my gosh, camel. Oh, my what, gosh. a little known fact: the camel died about three minutes after this <laughs> yes. uh, photo was taken. The, the, you promised not to say it. He held up as long as he could. He was, uh, I mean, they pay tribute to him to this day in the Middle East. Yeah. The and then the he Bedouins. walked off and died. 
<laughs> it just, it just, so. He just split in half right between the humps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that one was pissed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is what the... Camels can only take so much. Elvis and Maximus, this All is right. the one that... Uh, Elvis uh, Stu felt that Max was looking like he was in a little bit of trouble. Yeah, if you look here closely, I don't know how closely you can see it, but you will see that several Jeffy's, of the fat rolls from Jeffy's stomach are have started to swallow his son Max, <laughs> which is frightening. Uh, uh, that is very frightening. Uh, he's it's actually he is embedded underneath a roll uh, in some way, which is very disconcerting. Trapped, as it were. And then you have uh, this is uh, I, my special. I beat anorexia. No, uh, you got to get that too. Everybody laughs. Yeah, and thinks it's funny, but it's a horrible disease. <laughs> it is it's true. It is nothing to joke about. No, and, it's not. And Jeffy overcame it with spectacular, in spectacular fashion. Yeah, really, you have dominated that disease. Oh, he's dominated it. <laughs> one, I, he I'm kind owns of afraid it. to show this one actually because the top one, mm-hmm. I keep thinking that it really isn't me. I don't believe that it is me. I believe that it's just <laughs> some. Man taking my children away. <laughs> You'd rather believe. Woods. I'd rather believe that it's some molester taking my children <laughs> into the woods than me. Because <laughs> you just don't want to admit I that you look like that. No, it was hideous. All right, Before. and then okay. uh, oh, is that the bottom one? The animal crackers. That's yeah. a classic. Mm-hmm. Uh, where that's uh, that's one of the larger. Do we have the photo of you imitating the fattest man alive? I don't think that one's in there. I didn't see that, that one's one. Not in there. No, not no. the fattest man alive. No, no that's I don't too have bad. Photo you need that photo. Why don't we have that photo? That's like a screenshot. From yeah, it was on TV. Great one though. Come it on, was an all-time classic. Gotta have that. It's up on the feed though, right now. Gotta of course. What do you have next? Uh, this is probably when I was at my fattest. Okay, here we go. This is like probably three ninety-five. Wow! I mean, See, but he wasn't four hundred, so he didn't think I was he had a not problem. Four hundred, so I I wasn't you know mm-hmm. I wasn't that overweight. Yeah, right. Four hundred. Four hundred. You might as well give in and just lay in bed for a year. Mm-hmm. And you happen to stop it. Four hundred. You stopped it there at three ninety five. I'm not breaking wow. four. <laughs> that is sexy. He was still trim at three ninety five. Oh, but if he would have gotten to four hundred, I mean, then he's overweight. I carried it well, right? You yeah, you did. You couldn't tell. You didn't look a pound over three eighty there. Not a pound. All right, this. All right. Here's a picture of me just before I did the Chris Christie bit oh, on yeah. the Wonderful World of Stew. Yes. Right. Wearing a fat suit. Right. All right. And that's just you regular? That's just me regular. Wow. Mm. Let me see. That's huh? amazing. I, I think you look fatter without the fat suit in the other picture. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> Okay, which one's with the fat suit? Exactly. Yeah, I can't tell. I cannot tell. That's great. That's great that? stuff. Wow, Simple to Lose is going to love that, too. No. Oh, yeah. And I, I will say this. As someone, I don't think you caught a, a, a good close-up of the cover as you were going through. Uh, that's worth coming to see. The cover is worth coming to see. It's sexy. It is really Thank sexy. You. Thank you. So, and there what you go. Stu yeah. was laughing uh, when we were coming here to Salt Lake City is that uh, I had forgotten that in my big briefcase that I take with me when I travel... I still had my oh, yeah. special airline seatbelt extender that I took from the airline so, a few years ago. So explain this process. Got, You're, you have to plug that into the end of the normal seatbelt? Yeah, which, so then you have a seatbelt that goes around you. Right. But a lot of times, the last time I went on an airplane, I asked for it. As you come in, you ask the stewardess, you know, hey, I need a seatbelt extender. You know, you kind of whisper it like she didn't know. Mm-hmm. Right, right. The 800 yeah. pound man was walking through the door. You know, he's probably going to need a seatbelt extender. <laughs> I know it's a surprise. Yeah. But so, and she, oh, I think I just, you know, I don't know if we have one. So when they did finally round one up for me, 
I kept it. I'm going to return it. I'm not uh-huh. I didn't steal it. No, no. You've had it for several years. I didn't steal it. I was going to return it. So they they signed a uh, never-ending free lease with you. Is that pretty much what you're yes, claiming? But there's no way. I mean, obviously, I don't I don't need it anymore, and I don't use it. But it was nice to have at the time. Aww, oh, that's adorable. Jeffy's less fat today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go, Jeffy. Exclusive <laughs> Jeffy fat photos right here on the Patents Do. Very exciting program. Yeah, Pro- program. very exciting. Uh, all right, triple eight seven two seven Beck eight 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 seven two seven B E C K. A little honesty. Every once in a while, I don't know why. Uh, Chris Matthews is struck by uh, the honest bug. I mean, usually he lies through his communist teeth, like all the rest of these communists. But um, for some reason, last night he said something uh, quite interesting and very truthful. And I'm sure Democrats all around him are saying, "Chris, what do you 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 can't you can't tell the truth like that." Uh, but he did. So here's uh, Chris Matthews talking about illegal immigration and Democrats. I think Republicans don't, don't like illegal immigration. They don't it. like it. They don't and like they want it. to hear a bill that's going to work. And they don't like work. it. And what they remember is what was promised in 1986 that didn't happen under Reagan. Didn't work. They were promised before. And they were promised before. Like and they don't peanuts. want to go to that road again, which is why they're saying Charlie Brown we want, we want the have. lock on the fence to be secured before we give you anything else. Okay. Gonna how are we going to keep 30,000 guys on the, tr- on the border down there? How many years? As long as Republicans have anything to say. How long was You don't want them to do it. So why should no, they trust I, you? I, 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 <laughs> See, Democrats don't really believe no, in border I, enforcement, do they? I, look, do they? I don't know about other de- Democrats. Do but Democrats I think care the, about I think border the enforcement? Leadership understands. Do they believe in border enforcement? A lot less than they, Republicans. They, do. Less than Republicans, but enough why so don't they believe in put up thirty. Why do they believe in illegal immigration, Democrats? Because right now it's not even that big of a problem. Why do they believe in it? Well, I'm not. Def- I'm not going to defend. Yes, you are. You're that. basically no, admitting. Do you think not, Republicans look, Chris, are? Do you think, do you think the Nancy issue, Pelosi and the Democratic Party is concerned about illegal immigration? Mildly. Okay. Okay. You, you are covering. Let's leave this to the here's, That's an amazing what? segment. It's like, wait, wh- wh- what? Who took? Who took control? What conservative took control of Chris Matthews for about a minute and two seconds there? That's a staggering 62 seconds of broadcast where Chris Matthews is actually, he sounds like he's on the right side of this issue. Yeah, see, to me, I think he's more arguing they should just admit Weird. it. You yeah, know, well, uh, it's maybe. Not, he's not saying they should enforce the border. But Although, they should... what I liked about it was, and if he would do this all the time, I, I wouldn't have a problem with it. Yeah, He was actually saying the Republican position rather than assigning to them some racist motive. Or hate motive. They hate people. They want to kill people. They don't like immigrants. All that stuff, which are total lies. Um, He was actually saying that Republicans don't like illegal immigration. They want to enforce the border. That's all true. It is also true that Democrats don't want to stop illegal immigration. They don't care. They don't care about border security. They don't care about stopping illegal immigration. It's pretty clear. And he admitted all that. That's that's a staggering. Why do you do that? I don't know. It's a great question. That's, that's a great that question. Was his weekend show though, right? That was. I don't know. Was it? Show. Was that it not was. last night? No, no. It was. This was on Tuesday's Hardball. Oh. Wow. Oh. Okay. Oh, yeah. He's not big enough to get to weekends. No, that's yeah. right. His, his brand. His brand. He didn't have a brand. He just has him. It's just him. There's no Chris Matthews jeans. 
no. or uh, you know, uh, food yeah. line t-shirts, anything recipes, like that. nothing I, like that. On that note, did you did I tell you I got my uh, in the mail uh, the other day my new Ed Schultz Air? Uh, sneakers? No, you yeah. finally. Wow. They came. How long have you been waiting oh for those? Because they're on back order, order for like oh, uh, months. Months. Yeah, yeah they are yeah. awesome. I mean, they are a huge part uh, of the Ed brand. Oh yeah. Oh Ed and Air. Yes, it does. And this is why why conservatives are so frustrated about uh, these border control issues, and it's also why uh, liberals will put border secure measures into these bills. You will hear Marco Rubio talk about these border security measures, and some of them are legitimate. But this is why they don't actually care. This is going back to the Secure Fence Act of 2006. And we know the, the, the fence hasn't been built. It called for uh, it, uh, for uh, 700 miles of, quote, at least two layers of reinforced uh, fencing. It's a San Diego fence that yeah. was supposed to be built. And worked uh, to 99.5% efficiency yeah. with, when, in Duncan Hunter's distri- district, as yeah. he explained many times on this program and on Pat's program uh, back in the day. Uh, but the law was quietly altered in a significant way the following year. Mm-hmm. Responding to urging from the uh, De- Department of Homeland Security, which argued that different border terrains require different types of fencing Bull and crap. that a one-size-fits-all approach across the entire border didn't make sense, Senator K. Bailey Hutchinson, a Republican from Texas, find the moderate Republican, that. find yep. them later on, proposed an amendment to, to give DHS discretion to decide what type of fence was appropriate in different areas. The law she sold us out. Yeah, K. Totally. Bailey Hutchinson uh, totally. sold us out. The law was amended, amended to read. Remember, it used to say at least two layers of reinforced fencing. Instead, it now says nothing in this paragraph shall require the, the uh, Secretary of Homeland Security to install fencing. First of all, do I need to go any further than that? No. Well, not... Uh, fencing, physical barriers, roads, lighting, cameras, and sensors in a particular location along an international border of the United States. If a security deter, if security, uh, or excuse me, if the secretary determines that the use uh, or placement of such resources is not the most appropriate means to achieve and maintain operational control over the border, so they said we need two layers of fencing. Everyone said, you know what? We agree. That's that's a good move. We passed the bill. Then into a uh, uh, like a budget bill, not a bill about this, but a, a separate bill that had a million other things to pass. They put in a little line that says, you don't have to make it two layers of fencing, just whatever you think. So what they've done is the fencing they've built has been like, they have a great picture of it here. I, I guess there's no way to, to, uh, to get this as I'm kind of doing this on the fly. But here's how I would describe it. Um, a, a metal uh, stake. Uh, that's about four feet high, and next to it, a metal stake that's about three feet high, and next to that, a metal stake that's about four feet high. In between them, about three feet, okay? So any human being could walk right between them. They call it a vehicle fence, a vehicle barrier. So that's fencing. Now, you can walk right through it without touching either side, or you could step over it. Other hundreds of miles of the fencing are this sort of um, uh, wood. It looks like a... Uh, like you, the fencing you'd find to keep pigs in, in like a large like farm. So it's like cheap fencing that you'd put way out in like uh, you know a hundred acre farm way in the back. That if you just have pigs, you don't need. They're not going to jump over it. No. You know, just any form to walk up against. Right. And, oh, right. there's a fence there. Yeah. Any human being could just step right over it. But that's the fencing that they talk about. That's Thank how you, Bailey Hutchison. Yeah. And you know, wasn't isn't she like she, the Texas legend? She, legend, legendarily crappy. Yes, legendarily crappy. And you know who her replacement is? Ted, Ted Cruz. Cruz. Yeah, it is a little bit of an upgrade there. Just a teeny upgrade.
727 back. More patents do uh, coming up. Network, you are building. Truth lives here. Triple eight seven twenty seven B E C K is the number you should not call now because we're not going to answer your call. No, we don't care. Uh, we don't care no, what we you don't have care. to say. Uh, all right, this is all about us and what we want to say. Celebrating independence. Okay. Yet another study from the Blaze. You can go see it now. Which is green cars mm-hmm. are more har- harmful to the environment than gas powered vehicles. That's not true. Uh, highly acclaimed researcher Ozzy Zaner mm-hmm. uh, says electric cars lead to hidden environmental and health damages and are likely more harmful uh, than gasoline cars and other transportation options. Okay. Electric cars merely shift negative impacts from one place to another. Uh, and we know we had this chart that uh, we showed you before, but it's a uh, it shows that uh, really the gas-powered car, when you look at the entire life from building it to uh, you know, all the batteries and everything that go in it, it's not just about how many how much it takes per mile. It actually is more. There's more environmental impact on on that uh, as far as uh, uh, is more environmental impact when you use electric cars than you use. Uh, gas-powered cars. Plus, gas-powered cars could do cool things. What about paper cars? Paper cars. What if I were to use those? Are those better? <laughs> those are better. So okay. shifting those. Here's what gas-powered cars can do to each other when they're driven at each other at you high speeds. Happen, In Russia. Bad things happen. This is Told you. Told you. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. By the way, while you watch and enjoy uh, people hurting themselves, actually, nobody was, no one was hurt. making of these videos. No one was killed. Uh, here's the top ten... Uh, Best celebrations for the fourth fireworks okay. in the country as you as you continue to enjoy car crashes. Um, uh, St. Louis, the Gateway Arch display, number 10. And number nine. Nice park in St. Louis. Uh, are we still watching the... Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, Kaboom Town in Addison, Texas, which is uh, Dallas-Fort Worth area. It's very yeah. close to where we are. Mm-hmm. Number nine. At number eight is uh, apparently in Chicago. Number seven is the Barges Battle in the Mississippi River in New Orleans. Um, visible for a mile on the boardwalk is the Atlantic uh, fireworks, Atlantic City. Um, at number five, Washington, D.C. Number four, San Francisco. Boston Pops in Boston, obviously. Number two, New York City. And the largest in the world, land-based fireworks display, Houston, Texas. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Okay? Two of the biggest 